Welcome to episode four of our Jerkeen interviews. This episode is sponsored by the following individuals, which we'd like to thank so much for their very generous support. Peter and Carmel Muldoon, Christy Kerwin, Eddie Lenehan, and a very special mention in particular to JP Kerwin, who resides in the USA. So moving into coaching, Joe, when did your coaching career start? I suppose there's a funny one, Eddie. Uh, I, I suppose it, it was started informally uh, with the Kiki underage. Myself and John Roach were, were, were only under 14s, I'd say, and we were up in the square and there was an under 12 team going off to a match and they had no one with them. There was no right. selectors or manager or anything with them. That was just the way it was at the time. There was no safeguarding or anything at that time. Mm. Um, so we, I think John Lynch asked us, would we go with them? Mm. So... Myself and John headed off with them anyway, and I think Georgie Roach uh, Senior was driving the bus. So myself and John picked the team anyway, and we selected the team. And I think we went down to Shannon, um, we're playing with Tones or something. And uh, so that was the start of the coaching career. Uh, So um, myself and and, and Puddin were were working hand in hand there. Um, So then I suppose. I got involved in, in teams then and, and, and I tra- helped train the, the lads when they're coming up. I, um, I didn't need, not much was needed to be done with the underage at the time, like Joel Shea and JT Larkin did great work with your teams and mm. the underage teams uh, at the time. And then I suppose when I went to college, then I was involved with training Sigerson team, um, uh, kind of doing player training, uh, doing a bit of ladies uh, training, the, the one in All-Ireland uh, ladies in Mary Eye as well at the time and then you just got a kind of a feel for it and you know kind of a just love football and being involved in it so coaching kind of just came naturally you know that way and then I suppose when I finished up then playing with uh, Kilkee actually I helped I helped Kieran train the team in 2003 or coach the team right. Kieran was manager and trainer I did a bit of coaching mm-hmm. when we won the, the championship in 2003 yeah. and uh would have helped out again maybe in in 2009 i think when we got to the the, the county final that time yeah it was just a case of just being involved just mm. loving football and being involved and then um when i was asked to get involved then with claire you know it was it was a you know a nice nice gesture nice to be involved as well like you know mm. well like i suppose you know you are a teacher so it seems like a more natural projection for you really isn't it yeah no it's a good point yeah. Eddie yeah t- it, like I suppose teaching it's about improving players and trying to get them to prove and to buy in like so mm. co- coaching and, and training teams is a bit bit the same like you know that you're trying to help people and improve them you know and and get a buy-in as well like you know so yeah. I suppose that led into getting called into the clear setup Mick O'Dwyer was mm. there at the time and a, a highlight to be working with you know, Mikko and uh, yeah. and Michael Nealon from Milltown mm. and uh, actually look we, we had great stories at the time and, and, and the lads were, were, were a competitive team and I suppose Mikko it was just learned a bit about his character and I suppose 
he's very similar to the father and you know in terms of his mentality and he didn't want any excuses and and commitment and training and a bit of steeliness and a hardiness and we could be telling stories about his own grandparents and how they came in from the islands and they'd row in and Mikko was cut from the same cloth like the old traditional Irishman you know and you know played himself till he was in his 50s with with his own club and played junior and you know you'd be listening to these stories and about the the Kerry and as much as anything else that was worth getting involved you know for that you know he was a real character like and you know a real you know he was a, he was a gentleman and uh, you know he he could he'd an eye for a footballer it was like a good horse trainer right. he could pick out a footballer by just looking at them yeah he picked out gary brennan very early in the cocklin mm-hmm. you know the kiki lads he could he could pick out a footballer very very quickly like and just see had they the athletic ability had they the football know-how had the brain and even though he was probably physically ailing a little bit himself like he probably you know his ankles were at him and stuff like he wouldn't give it to you know to to say uh, he'd missed a session he was the first one there that was always his 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 theory as a manager he'd be the first one there before any player mm. so even though he'd drive up from Waterville mm. uh, if we were training at half seven he'd be there for half six Correct. so he put me to shame at the time because we I the we um young kids at the time there and you'd be rushing and you know but he'd be there before you and <laughs> But anyway, it was it was it was great to be involved, yeah. and uh, so Michael left after one year, and then uh, Column I stayed on. Michael Nealon left because he had young kids as well, and uh, in fairness, it was a it was a balancing act for me now. And Lorraine was a great support to me to let me do that, like yeah. because you need that family support there, and it was tough at the time to try and balance everything, and uh, so we were involved then with the following year with Column. And uh, Colin Collins, yeah, we we won the division four, uh, so it was a fantastic like you know to win that because the lads have been trying for for years. We actually didn't win it, but we got promoted. Okay. We got promoted, and that was the highlight. That's what wanted. We got to the final against I think Tip beat us in the final, but and we were in Croke Park, mm. so it was lovely even to bring my young lad up. So it's starting to come again, yeah. you know the, the yeah that 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 the family element is coming up and. Yeah. You know, it was nice uh, to, to, to be involved in, in in that scenario. And then I stayed another year then with Cullum. You know, Mike Shea was, was still involved. He was the last Kilkee man standing at the time. He, yeah. And I think he was the last Kilkee man to play senior football with Clare from yeah. Kilkee. Yeah. So it's a testament to, to Michael, you know, and said that's a good memory I'd have of him. Like, it's a good honour for him to have, to be the last Kilkee man to play senior football with okay. Clare yeah. you know and there has been some great great men go, sure. going right back to Jim Ford and all the way up and it's an ambition that Kiki should have like you know going forward that you know we should we, we, we should be providing as a club more people to play with Clare you know mm. that's what the young lad should be aiming for no more than myself when we were younger to, to, to play with Kiki to win with Kiki to play with Clare and to win with Clare, you know, there's a great tradition there, yeah. and you'd love to see that happening, like, you know, yeah. and to to honour the memory of those who've gone before him, like, you know, and you know, um, Michael was an awful loss, you know, as have been other clubmen there who who have passed away, but it had an awful effect on everyone around the the town, and you know, he's he's awfully missed still, like, you know, mm, big time, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right. Just making reference back to Cullum Collins there, it appears that you would have had a, a good relationship with him or would have been forming a good relationship because you did a lot of coaching underage with him as well. Is that right? Yeah, um, I suppose we were involved with... I got involved with Clare 14 teams. Um, I Yeah, we coached 14s, 15s, 16s together. Um, in a, a couple of years later, we, we were involved in the Clare minor team together. Uh, I think he was selector. I was doing a bit of coaching at the time. We beat Cork, actually, uh, in a minor semi-final, which was a big you know plus at the time um and i was involved as well with clear 21s with him as well so yeah our, our pets have crossed a, a good few times and mm-hmm. fairness to call him i was extremely proud to be a clear man like you know and you know very much or very well organized very ambitious looking to see how we can improve the whole time and how we can tweak things and review things so you know, it was great to be involved and we were involved with a lot of good players like um, a lot of the underage lads there who played with the county. Um, Gary Brynham was involved, Podge Collins, David Tuberty. You know, they all came through the underage at the time and we were involved with them. So it was like, it was nice to see them through mm-hmm. from from minor all the way up to senior. Yeah, so yeah, we'd done mm-hmm. a lot of work with those lads um, involved at that time. Like, you know, so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to get involved with Claire in the sense that you learn stuff, you know, that you learn new stuff and what's going on. And, you know, I often brought that back into the club as well, like, you know, and, you know, things are changing so fast and moving so fast that I find if you don't kind of get involved with a, a team every couple of years, then it's moved on you're so quickly touch. you're losing touch, like, so... Gotcha. Um, so that's why it's important, you know, to keep up with the coaching elements of things and... There's so many websites now, like that. There's learning uh, websites. Uh, in Cro- before it was all learning by being involved or or reading up. But the websites now, like they're they're fantastic for for learning about what's out there, mm-hmm. uh, how you can improve yourself, uh, what courses are there. So as a coach myself, I'm still doing courses. I'm mm-hmm. still learning. I'm still trying to improve myself, and you know that's what I'd hope down the line maybe to give something back to clear again or something back to Kilkee that oh, you're, you're, you're just trying to, you know, move with the times and that, you know, that if you don't, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I suppose, you know, communication is changing as well, you know, like how we communicate with, with youngsters, for example, yeah. as opposed to how it was maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, yeah, they, well... They, they respond differently. They now. respond differently. Kids respond differently. And... I suppose there's a two there's two points to it. Like I, I went into the class the other day and there was thirty kids. I was late for the class for whatever reason. There was thirty kids inside, not a peep out of them, all on their phones. Mm-hmm. And I said, Would you not have a bit of crack and just chat to each other or whatever? And they said, We are talking to each other. Go ahead. So they're talking to each other on their phones even though they're alongside oh, each other. Sake, yeah. So, you know, the technology is fantastic. But it's also very dangerous. Yeah. You know, if kids get too caught up in that world of technology and phones, it, it can be a lethal weapon. Like, it's mm-hmm. a phone is dangerous in the sense that you're, you're gaming, your social media. We can see it in school. Like, there's mm-hmm. kids addicted to their technology and their phones. Yeah. And sport then can suffer, you know. So it's very important to get the balance and to provide the facilities for kids mm-hmm. that 
you're competing against technology. You're competing against social media, against Snapchat and Instagram. You have to provide facilities that will match that and that they'll they'll go and say, no, I want to go on training today. I want the social element of it. Exactly. And that's important for people to realize because some people re- don't realize it, that you you know that there is a battle going on for the hearts and minds of kids. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I suppose, you know, the fact that you're a teacher and you see it daily as opposed to, you know, parents that might be working on a building site or something like that, they just don't see it, so they don't notice. So Absolutely, yeah. The awareness has to be created, for sure. Yeah, and it's important to start kids early, like, you know, to start them with a love of sport and a love of, of exercise and, you know, to educate them on, on nutrition and, and their bodies and, 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 you know, their hydration and everything. And if you get that buy-in then when they're young... You can build on that then as well. That would be, you know, yeah. how I'd feel about it. Yeah, yeah, very good. Actually, you, you touched on a good point there, um, and nutrition, you know, and, you know, where did the whole nutrition thing start for you, or was it even a factor when you were progressing in your career? Yeah, I suppose, looking at, uh, going back to the home situation again, like, you know, I suppose we would have helped, ate healthily. You know, it was kind of like your three meals a day. There wouldn't have been many sweets around the house, like, and, you know, we'd always uh, find a way to get them, like, you know. Uh, but you, you you were eating healthily. You were kind of conscious of, of, of what you were eating. So that was kind of, we were lucky that the home situation, we had that. Mm-hmm. So not everyone has that home situation. So it's important to educate kids on that, like, uh, and, and to, at, at a young age. Because in society anymore, you can't presume. Yeah. You can't presume that kids are getting the right nutrition or the right sleep habits or whatever. So that's why clubs and community is so important to to, to, to maybe fill in the gaps for kids that they might be missing at home. Yeah. And, you know, to educate them and to, to show them, you know, what can be done or what should be done and maybe giving them the good habits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you can't take anything for granted anymore. Like Yeah, yeah. No, it's an important factor. Apart from you know physically going out and training, you know, yeah. there's the off pitch part of it as well. Where yeah. you've got to mind what you eat. Exactly, and yeah. and I suppose as well, you know, it's important as well in terms of your your hydration and, and your preparation for matches as well. And you know, socialising is is very important as we see so during COVID, like you know, and a big part of the GA is going out after matches and socialising, which is very important as well. You know, just to get that balance right then as well, like you know that. Yeah. You know, football for me was always number one. Mm. You know, and it came up close to family and jobs and everything. Like you know, I, yeah. you, you know, and you have to have that kind of belief, like, and that kind of ingrained in you. If you want to, if you want to succeed, and if you want to achieve stuff, that you you have to have that, you know, um, balance in your life. Correct. Yeah. 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 Very good. Okay. So after your time there with with Colum Collins, you have young children. So there was obviously a commitment at home, but you still stuck at the coaching. So I believe, you know, you live in Lissy Casey. So did you get involved with Lissy Casey then or what way did it work? Yeah, um, I did. I got involved in Lissy Casey for a while. Um, I'd always keep touch with Kiki, you know, if they wanted a, a help or whatever. So, um, yeah, they, I got involved in with the kids, the training from Liam would be under eight at the time and Avine got involved with her under eight team as well. And then we worked our way up and, you know, they're both very interested in, you know, football and hurling and, and camogie and basketball and all these things that we had growing up. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, it's a nice touch to, for them to be able to have that. And uh, there's big numbers over in Lissa Casey. So that's the one advantage they have over 
um, the likes of Kiki and West Clare where the numbers you're, you are limited on numbers like you know so no it's nice to be involved in their team now you know and to give a little back, bit back to them as well and to just try and sow the seeds in them and give them a love of sport and exercise and, 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 and GA in particular and, and athletics and uh, it's lovely for the grandparents to be watching them then as well and we got to a community games uh, final between this case and Banla Cali they got to an All-Ireland final wow. they won the Munster so we were involved in that and that was lovely that was that was a great touch to uh, to, to, to be involved with your own uh, crew as well like you know and uh, so I'm still involved with, with teams and stuff and uh, you know under 12s and 13s over there and, and giving their time and uh, you know I, I enjoyed that as well and uh, uh, was involved in Kilkee there as well for, for a year and I, we got promotion I think from Division 4 to Division 3 and mm-hmm. um, so look I'd still like to get back involved with Kilkee again if things worked out some way down the line you know it, yeah. it's your home club and you know although things might work out all, all the time you know you'd still you appreciate what the club has done for you and, and you'd always be aware that if you're ever asked to do anything for the club that you know, it is your home club, like you know. Mm-hmm. So in this case, he's my adopted club, but yeah. Kiki will always be my home club. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. fair play. More, more recently, Jerry, you've started to become involved in the ladies' uh, football there in county. Is that still the case? Yeah, no, I was involved in it for a year. Um, as again, yeah. as I said, it's nice to keep in touch with the county just to see what's what's happening and to see how it's progressing, and even the ladies was a kind of an eye-opener in the amount of time that was, was involved, like, you know, and uh, you're probably talking now inter-county uh, 40 hours wow. a week on top of your, your own job in terms of Goodness. preparing for the the, the, the sessions, uh, drafting up uh, the actual sessions that are sent out to the, the girls before the session, reflecting on the sessions, doing extra coaching, doing video work, mm. uh, the sessions themselves. Um, so that's... In every inter-county team now, if you're going to get involved in inter-county, that's what you have to be prepared to do. Like So, mm-hmm. so like, one year, f- for me, with the kids at a certain age, you're, you're really stretching yourself mm-hmm. uh, at that. But it's still a buzz to be involved with the inter-county, and it's, it's, it's highly enjoyable. And the girls got to the All-Ireland semi-final, and, and in fairness, they're a great bunch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd hope that they'd push on, but just the balance was kind of a little bit tilted so you have to be aware and be trying to be fair to everyone right. uh, including yourself like you know that you know there's only so much you can give to certain things at certain times like so but it's definitely something that i'd be i'd be looking at again like but again trying to improve the whole time and trying to realize where your strengths are and your weaknesses are and working on your weaknesses to try and improve on that as well course yeah well you know i'd agree because you know when you are coaching you're getting to learn a lot about yourself and you know the different groups that you work with and how you interact with them and things like that so there's a lot there to be learning there is a lot to be learning and i'd say as a coach i've changed as well eddie um before it was about probably all about the coach and and dictating the session and you, you know and and delivering it but society has changed uh Players have changed. Kids have changed. It's now all about player ownership and getting the players to take ownership of it and have lead it and 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 develop it and 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 all you're doing is facilitating what they want to achieve. Mm. You know, so it's about values and beliefs, and then 
getting them to make the decisions, yes. getting them to drive it on, getting them to be ambitious. So that's how coaching has changed. And I've only learned that even recently through the inter-county and you're then implementing that with the underage and getting them to be, you know, taking ownership for themselves and their decisions and what to do on the pitch before we took it for granted. Because when we were training, training was on, we'd play on the square, we'd play on the beach, we'd organize ourselves, yes. we'd put down two stones mm. and we'd play, we might have 30 down at the, the bandstand. Mm. Uh, we'd have leads coming up from down down below the, the estate and we'd have 30 out in the square playing up against Georgie Roach's bus. Yeah, yeah. But now that's not happening. Yeah. Kids are not being organized. Uh, it, it's all organized training. Mm. So they're not developing their decision-making through their own learning. So you have to kind of twist that and bring it in to the coaching yeah. that they're learning through coaching. So it's, it's an eye opener and uh, it's a learning process for me as well, but it's enjoyable. It's to, 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 develop a new philosophy and you know see how you can implement that philosophy then and does it work or does it not work or how do you tweak it mm. so you're constantly learning learning about that as well yeah so and one word that springs to my mind is facilitator you know you're there facilitating you're actually not the hierarchy kind of thing is taken out a bit of it you know it's completely gone yeah. and kids don't or the kids and adults don't accept it anymore mm. you know they they don't see the reason they're they're way more intelligent and educated than probably any of us were ever. Mm. You know, they're in college. They're, 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 they've gone through a process about where it's all about them, you know, and to a certain extent, maybe a little bit too much that it's all about them. Mm. Whereas you're trying to get them to have the balance too that, you know, give something back mm. as well. Give something back that it's not all about you. There's a bigger picture. There's a community. There's a, a club that's been in existence for 120 years. Mm. What can you do to help the club? Mm. It's not just about you and your selfies. It's yeah. about, you know, what can you what can you give back to the club and how you can develop as players and as people. And and that's that's the key for me moving forward. Like that's that's how I see coaching going, that's how I see playing going, you know, and, and improving people. Yeah. You know, not just as players but as people, because there's so much issues in society at the moment that you know the GA is becoming more and more important you know Absolutely. to educate people to give them a social outlet to give them a physical outlet and and the GA is at the heart of the community and it always was if you go back to Michael Cusick in 1884 uh, and why it was set up for you know it's all it's all the more relevant today uh, now than it ever was yeah great point great point Joe can you just describe a typical day uh, of working with Claire, you know, whether it be down to preparation, you know, what does it entail? Just give us a bit of insight into the activities around that. Okay, so I suppose going back to when I was involved with Claire, I suppose, and, and, and the early days with with Mikko and, and, and Cullum and, and Michael Neal, and I suppose what would happen was you, you might get up at maybe seven o'clock in the morning and maybe do an hour's school work um, and then go in. At, I'd be in Shannon then for for nine o'clock and you do your day's work then and the lads were small at the time then so Lorraine drops the kids to school so I'd pick them up then so then I'd pick them up um, when they were young and we'd say try and get the the house ready and the fire on or whatever Lorraine's working full time as well mm-hmm. and try and get a bite to eat in and then get a bite to eat and then at 
half five then Lorraine would come back and then I'd go out the door and uh, for training so we were either training in Limerick or or Corofin at the time so you'd leave at maybe six o'clock and uh, Lorraine sometimes would be looking at me going out the door but she never mm. she never ever stopped me like you know but there was times there it was it was tough going like because you tried to get to Limerick then for maybe seven o'clock and we trained from maybe seven till maybe nine mm. uh then quick bite to eat back back again uh might be back at home at maybe uh, half 10 11 o'clock might have to do some more corrections i, I teach english and history mm. so there's a lot of correcting in it so i might do an hour's correction in bed maybe for 12 o'clock and that was your that was your day then that day so that was maybe three times a week like so that was fairly day, fairly yeah. stressful then like you know for the, those 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 times but fierce enjoyable as well like you know mm. Well, yeah, you, you'd want to enjoy it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, to yeah. get through it, to be, to be fair. Yeah. And would say take you back to your playing days, mm. for example. You know, give us a typical example of your preparation for getting ready for playing a match. Yeah, I suppose the day before, you'd always try to take it handy. From, from the athletics, we'd kind of learned that, like, you know, that you, you, you'd just try and not do too much the day before. And then the morning of the game, then you'd get up and maybe go for a walk or whatever. Um, if the games were on during the midday, it was fine. You know, if there were late uh, late games on a Sunday evening, it was very frustrating because your whole weekend was gone and you were completely focused on the game. Mm. So then you'd you'd organised, you'd have the, the porridge in the morning, we'd say, and then you'd have um, organised the, the dinner. You'd probably have pasta, you know, chicken or whatever, uh, maybe three hours before the, 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 the match. Um, then after the game we'd say you do your stretching before the game then and activation and so on that has even become more prevalent nowadays than it was even in our right. our time and uh, you know you play your match then and sometimes you know we go for recovery down to the beach or whatever or you know depends if you want a match you might go out afterwards as well like you know it depends yeah. on the on the thing so um, it's become much more refined nowadays we'll say you know the lads are doing their their foam rolling they're doing their activation they're doing their stretching they have their pre-match meal they have their post-match meal and they're doing the recovery sessions the following day Um, then their sessions during the week are planned so their whole year could be planned in terms of what they do and when they do it and what sessions are involved so it's gone more down the the science route mm. uh, than even when we were playing so that has happened the last 20 years so you know for players nowadays it's it's brilliant in a lot of ways that you know you can control your your nutrition and your hydration and your injuries a lot better right. than, than than when we were playing like you know but um and that's education that's happening the whole time like you know mm. so um again you know, the club is probably gone, the commitment of the club is probably gone towards county when we started in 92, if you, you know, when it's been treated properly like. So it is a big commitment, you know, to play at a club level now as well. Yeah. But I suppose the more commitment you give, the more unity you get and the, the more enjoyable it is as well then. Yeah, and, you know, you made the point there about players taking ownership. I would see it and most definitely you would see it where... The younger guys now are definitely looking after themselves a lot better than what might have been happening 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. so you know the fitness levels are higher mm-hmm. they are focusing on their nutrition mm-hmm. so to speak so yeah i suppose the caliber of the players you know at club yeah. level is 
yeah the bar has been raised the bar has been raised yeah and I suppose from a key perspective I suppose there was a few years there where we tried to stay up senior you know and you know everything was done to try and stay up senior you were trying to win one game in the year because you knew it was maybe a stretch to win the county final and then maybe when we went down to intermediate again it was a case of just trying to stay up intermediate like maybe it was a stretch to win the intermediate and maybe some bad habits kicked in then as well that you know maybe isn't you know very conducive to winning a championship mm-hmm. so the fact that the club is down on junior now it's realistically you know it's where you are at the moment and it's no point talking about the past and then talking about what was won or what wasn't won mm-hmm. you know what's gone is gone mm-hmm. and the club now have you know a realistic target in terms of winning the junior mm-hmm. and the players have a, a target of saying you know we can win this mm-hmm. yeah, and let's get our values right our behaviours right our ambitions right our training right and you know you'd love to see Kilkee you know doing well at junior level now and, and, and winning the junior uh, down the line it was the springboard before and you know if you can if you can see that happening uh, and lads buying into it and, 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 and you know making those decisions and it's player driven then you know you have hoped in for the future agreed agreed yeah yeah very sure Okay, so that's the end of episode four. We hope you enjoyed it. In our next and final episode, we'll discuss the book, A Sporting Odyssey, and a bit about Jura's time playing college football.